Welcome back, everybody, to something new. Hello. Something old and something new. I was going to say, technically. It's, we've done it before, and now we're doing it again. Yes. And aren't you lucky to bear witness to... Music Book Club V2. <laughs> yes. It's now its own standalone podcast. <laughs> no, but we're back. We're going to do some Due West. If you remember, we did a pilot... Uh, I don't know. It must have been over a year ago at this point. Two years ago or so, I'd say. Yeah. Damn. <clears throat> um, One of so, my favorite things we ever did. I honestly think it's hilarious. You're uh, not going to tell me it's otherwise. It's fun. Yeah. It is fun. It is fun. So, uh, for long, long-term listeners, you might remember we did Wax Season way back in the day. It was our D&D segment we did at the end of episodes. That kind of went away uh, for a while. Then we did Due West which is what we're going to try to do now. And basically the premise is um, it's very much based on D&D as a rule set. But the idea is it's more improv focused and I try to limit the amount of slowdowns per... Like with, without sacrificing the random chance, I try to limit what would you know like if you like calculating hit points or like all that like the kind of stuff that like kills the momentum in a D&D game this rule set is kind of i guess seeking to solve that to some degree there's going to be some of that but um but yeah it's an old west themed tabletop rpg of my own machinations i suppose and uh yeah if you remember it you remember it if you don't you don't that's okay we're not going to be continuing yeah. that story so that was basically a pilot and I would say a successful pilot, but we just never grew it out. Which I'm grateful now, for, because now I don't have to try to do an old lady voice anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're relaunching. <laughs> and uh, we, we've got a pretty good concept for how this is going to work. Uh, Tom, uh, I'm not going to take any credit away from him. He's kind of the mastermind behind it. And Corey and I are just going to be the uh, bit players in his universe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just kind of get started. Again, like, for... Rules lawyers or super sticklers, this is not going to be the kind of uh, podcast you're going to want to listen to, right? Like it's, uh, this is purely for having a fun time and having a good idea. I, I guess for listeners who, who listen to the pilot, the notable changes that have been made is there is some kind of progression now for players. There's uh, inbuilt motivations for players to play their characters and as well as rewards for role-playing properly or punishments for not role-playing accordingly so those are the three biggest changes that we've made hopefully adds a little bit of life a little bit of longevity but we'll see how it goes but without further ado we'll just dive right in if everybody's ready do we have Let's a theme go. song for this do we have a theme a theme song or anything uh, we can. <laughs> I'll figure something out. Uh, Gonna some grab some breasts. Piano. Heading down to do west. <laughs> that's all I got. There, I there we go. And that's, that's all that will be used. I, I took that for, that took three weeks to write. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's exactly what we needed. Because I didn't even, I didn't even spend any time writing something. So See, that's... the breakthrough was when I realized West rhymes with breast. And from there... It really got cooking, but I got to tell you, that, <laughs> really, it's limitless. That was the that was the mountain I had to climb to get to that point. 
And now that we're there, we can kick things off officially. We'll roll the theme song here. Something with West and Breast, I'm presuming. And now. Gonna grab some breasts. Heading down to Due West. <laughs> That's all I got. And we're back with Due West. <clears throat> How about that all right. theme song? What, uh, what are you? You're not a dungeon master. Are you like the West Rancher? I The way I phrased it in the, the plantation the rules is storyteller. <laughs> you just made me do an actual spit take. <laughs> I'm the plantation owner. Yes, that's correct. I was correct. taking a sip of my uh, my vitamin C infused emergency here to make sure I don't get COVID this week, and it's now all over my microphone. So thank you. Excellent. <laughs> I I wrote it as storyteller because okay. dungeon master I think is a uh, yeah. registered trademark of Wizards of the Coast. I can't be 100 percent certain on that, but I'm pretty sure that's true. What if it's just white man but capitalized? Yeah, yeah, white man, under, <laughs> and it's underlined and bolded as well. Every game of Duest will have one appointed white man, <laughs> and you must do what he says, or you die. <laughs> and that's it. That's that. That's the rules. You do what I say, or you die. Uh, all right. Well, okay. So, I'm trying to think of how I want to kick this off. Well, we'll just dive right into it. How's that sound? That work good. for you guys? Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. It's blackness. All around you is blackness. You can't see anything. You can't see each other. You can't even hear your own voice. It's just nothing. Then suddenly, a flash of light, of pure whiteness, encapsulates everything around you. It, you feel it piercing through your soul, your very existence. And then all of a sudden, a vision once faded, now comes into focus, and before you is large golden gates inlaid with pearl, closed, and to the right of it, an old man in a robe with a large book in front of him, intently focused on the pages of the book, and you are in a line in front of these gates. And the old man looks up, glances at you, he says, ah, the new people. I see you've just uh, just arrived here. <laughs> My name's Peter. I'll be your guide here uh, at the uh, pearly gates. Uh, why don't you, let you just start out? Uh, I'll pick you. Points at the disembodied spirit of Sam. Soon to be somebody else, obviously. <laughs> well, why don't you tell me a little about yourself? What's, what's your name here, friend? First of all, I don't like the tone. Peter. All right. I'm going to just quickly jot down a note here. Does not appreciate tone. <laughs> okay. Continue, please. My name is Cletus McCready. All right. Let me uh, just give me a second here. I'm going to look you up right in the book. This is just a formality, I assure you. It's, it's the not third. Really anything. Don't, don't. Now the second. Don't confuse me with him. Okay. Cletus McCready the third. All right. Let's see here. Page is ruffling. Ah, okay. All right. Well, Cletus, uh, can you, let's see, can you tell me what led to your eventual demise here? What, what brought you to these pearly gates? Well, first of all, I don't, I don't like people asking me questions. All right. Fair enough. I understand that. And I was really hoping you'd work on that tone by now. Well, I mean, I can send you straight to hell. Like, the button's right here. I can... 
I'll just hit it and then, you know, you can spend eternity in damnation. Otherwise, if you want, if you feel so inclined to just tell me your story, you know, maybe we can, we can at least uh, prolong this a little bit before you're sent to eternal damnation. How's that sound? Now I'm looking at this sheet and I see that the volcanic pistol has an eight capacity. I'm going to roll to shoot St. Peter in the head. You don't have, you're a spirit. You're a disembodied I'm spirit. I'm not going to do it. I'm just, I'm just We're sieging the pearly but gates. Say, <laughs> We're but taking what, over heaven. What a way to kick off a podcast, am I right? <laughs> you killed St. Peter. You are now God. No. All right. All right. All right. Well, I, I, I don't reckon hell uh, looks good uh, to me. So, uh, case in point, I was shocked, and I do believe that that is why I'm here. Ready to meet my maker in the most true of senses. It does say you were shot here in the book, so I'm just confirming the story. This is purely a formality. Oh, do I have to, like, tell the whole story? Well, just just the events that led to your demise. That's all we really... We don't need your whole life story. We got it here. I just just want to confirm that who I'm talking to is the actual MacReady. Okay. So... Now listen here, St. Peter, you got these golden gates, so I know you're a man who appreciates the finer things in life. Well, I never had none of that fancy, spit-shining kind of way. Life is hard out here in the West. In 1996. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 1996, all right, let me make note of that, because, you know, where we are right now, it's outside of time and space. Sometimes it's hard to tell, people coming and going all the time from all different times and places. What year yeah, are we, gotta, we in? We gotta like, keep... If we're doing like the West, is it like uh, 1867? Okay. We'll say is well. Okay, in heaven time, we're in heaven time. There's no listen. Listen here, I am a child of the 60s. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I got word that there was this young oil baron whose daddy died. And mm-hmm. uh, he was inheriting a whole whooping fortune. Well, as you know, in, in the '60s in the in the West, you can challenge anybody to a duel, and if you shoot them, you get to take what's theirs. So I, I just to clarify, this is the the 1960s or the 1860s? Uh, the 1860s. Okay. All right. All right. Just just wanted to make sure. We got a lot of people coming in from the 1960s, you know, Vietnam and all that. So I just wanted to make sure that I got Viet- the right person what? in front of me. What's a Vietnam? <laughs> Look, at this point in your life, you don't really have to worry about that. We're past that. So we'll just we'll just continue on. All so I know is it sounds continue. like a clearly defined, completely free of controversy kind of conflict. You know, some might say that. That's true. Uh, others may disagree, but again, neither here nor there. Let, let's hear your story, McCready. All right. So the thing about this oil baron was that he was a whole six years old. So I figured I could get him pretty quickly into a duel. So the way I did it was I had him challenge me by telling him that he was a chicken. Ah, okay. Which in the 60s is slang for a bitch. Okay. All right. I so, see where you're coming from. Yep. So he 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 took my challenge and he challenged me to a duel and wouldn't you know it my gun done got stickied on me. And now mm-hmm. I'm dead. Okay, so just to okay. So let me just summarize what was said here. 
So you, an adult man at this point, is that fair to say? Yes, yeah, sir. You goaded a child, a six-year-old child, into a duel, which is a life-or-death situation. Because you wanted to gun down this child and <laughs> somehow inherit this money that he was supposed to inherit, even though you have no blood ties to the actual uh, family of this fortune. Just is that the correct? phrase, gun down a child. <laughs> Is that is that correct, Mr. McCready? There's, I just want to be sure. Now that's that tone that I was talking about. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what you mean. I, I'm just reading. I'm read. I'm confirming what you're saying from the book I have in front of me, and that's all I'm doing. Well, you are correct. That is what happened. Okay. Right. I won't apologize. You won't. But I will say I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me note that down quick. He says, won't apologize, says sorry. All right. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> I got to get the paperwork in order. You understand? Like, we're going to figure a lot of Listeners, we're going to figure here. out these characters. We didn't map these characters. <laughs> we're going to figure them out. We're going to find yeah, their right. voice. That's uh, what you call a teaser for future episodes, audience. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Mr. McCready, uh, thank you for your candor and your explanation of how you ended up here. Uh, I'm going to move on here. Uh, sir, what's your name here? The name's Hap Swanson. Hap Swanson. And is that Swanson with an O or an A? I can't spell. Whatever suits your fancy. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, let's see. Ruffles pages. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and assume, just given the time of death and everything, I'm going to assume it's with an A, okay? Works for me. So, all right, so Mr. Mr. Swanson, uh, what, what led to your eventual demise, which brought you here to the Pearly Gates? Well, I got to say, it's a bit awkward meeting you like this, considering my recent activities, but okay. I must say, I died in a church. All right. Well, okay. So uh, that's good. I'll note that real quick here. Died in church. All right. Continue, please. Well, I have a bit of a tradition. See, I'm a man of the outlaw lifestyle. And I may be a little ashamed to say, only because I'm here, that I rob churches. More specifically, I rob them after big Christian holidays. Your Christmases, your Easter's, you know, when all the parishioners come in, fill up the collection bucket, they got the mm -hmm. most money. Right. Well, okay. I went in day after Easter Sunday, or excuse me, the early morning of the day after Easter Sunday to sneak in to the local church and take their offerings. Well, mm -hmm. I believe I spooked the reverend because he came out of his quarters, knew something was up. I got spooked. Turned around, slammed my lantern on the wall. I went up like a Christmas tree in June. Mm -hmm. Smoked myself like one of them fancy German sausages. Okay. All right. Uh, so, all right, again, to summarize, <clears throat> you made a habit of breaking into churches post-holiday. Uh, habit's a strong word. Okay. You've done this more than once, though. Is that fair? <laughs> uh, accurate. Okay. So, on more than one occasion, you would break into a church post-holiday, post-major uh, Christian holiday, we'll say, to rob the church of the donation money that they had received. 
And on this particular occasion, the priest caught you doing so, and you were so afright that you smashed your lantern against the wall and burned yourself alive. Is that fair? Is that a fair uh, summarization? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. All right. That checks out with what I got here. So let's see. I'm going to tear out your pages real quick. I'm going to feed them into, uh, well... When are you from? The 1860s? Uh, this magic machine here, it's actually just a fax machine. <laughs> That's the, I the love high, the idea of the, heaven being ran on the a heaven fax high machine. tech. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the most holy tech is the fax, fax machine. God couldn't get the internet because he didn't want angels <laughs> finding out about porn. <laughs> True. <laughs> Earth went to shit. <laughs> they got bored. I can't. That like, it was all downhill from there. This yeah. was the pinnacle of human achievement was the fax machine. And I'm going to feed him into this magic machine. Uh, it's going to go to the big man himself. You I'm know sorry, who I'm talking about. I like to think that, that heaven like would be stuck on the 90s, like the perfect human time. <laughs> <laughs> it's pre-9-11. Everything like, changed after 9-11. They're like, this is as good as it got. 1997 was like the peak. Wait, who's, who's the big man? A- Andrew Johnson? Man is. No, not Andrew Johnson. Uh, this one is the capital G, the big boy. You know, the one who calls all the shots. Oh, the one you know I'm, I'm stealing from. Technically, yes. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll feed this in. It's going to go to him. He's going to send back the verdict, and we're going to get you all sorted out here. Okay? Yeah. Is is that uh, you're all right with waiting to hear just a second? And I'll just real quick. I, uh, I suppose I'm not going nowhere. All right. Sounds good. I just need to point <clears throat> out that I had to Google who was president in 1867. I was going to say for the joke. <laughs> if, if if this is based on the real world, like. Uh, you're going to find out just how shockingly little I know about history. <laughs> uh, I don't think this is going to be a super historically accurate show. I don't know. So far, this is seeming pretty true to life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the uh, so, so St. Peter turns around. He starts feeding these documents into the holy fax machine. Uh, there's a pause. He's standing there, tapping his feet, arms crossed, waiting for the response. He kind of side eyes you, looking back, and he gives you like the knowing look, like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I know. It's, this is taking a while." <laughs> then Instead all of like sudden, the typical the, like Skee-ry! sound, it's yeah, like a, it's like a exactly. holy choir. Oh. Yep. <laughs> and it starts making that mach- that the machine starts making that sound again. Spits out some paper. <clears throat> all right, uh, Mr. Swanson, Mr. McCready, I have your verdicts here. Um. Let me just quick peruse these. Oh. 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 Oh, okay. Well, I don't know <clears throat> much, but I know a good side when I see one, Mr. Peter. What you got there, Sonny? All right. How Mr. old McCready. are you, Corey? Like, sometimes you sound <laughs> Listen, He's okay? I'm doing, I'm doing my best. I'm, a, I'm, an, <laughs> I, I'm an, a disembodied soul, okay? I can be whatever I want for now. <laughs> All right, Mr. McCready. Uh, based on your entire life, so, so what we do here uh, is we take your entire existence as a mortal human, we take your actions, whether good or bad, and we weigh them against each other. All right? Is that making sense so far? I'm no mathematician, but I think what you're telling me is that I'll be getting the master suite. Well, okay, so I, I appreciate the enthusiasm. And the understanding here, but uh, according to this verdict, you get uh, let's see here one eternity burning in hell. Okay, I'd like to speak to the manager. 
<laughs> well, this came straight from the manager, so there's not going to be a whole lot of room for negotiation here. Um, but uh, while well, we're at it here, we got Mr. Swanson's paperwork. Uh, so well, Mr. I hope Swanson, mine's better than that. All right, so let's see. For robbing the church specifically, that's you know, as far as heaven goes, that's kind of a a big no no. Okay. You know, really. I'm not to. I'm you know. That's a little editorializing, perhaps. But let me just read you the verdict that I got from the big man, all right? Uh, you also receive one eternity in hell. Ooh, okay. Well, that's not going to work for me. Now, I got to say, sometimes it looks like they get it right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. However, now, this is, a, this is a brand new development, all right? This is something that uh, has just come about, and this is an option for both of you, and I want you to both listen very carefully. We have the possibility to send you both back to Earth to live as mortal humans. How does that sound? What sounds better than hell? Okay. All right. Well, so we're already thinking it's better than hell. What do you think, Mr. McCready? I'd like to speak to the manager. <laughs> All right. Well, again, again, the manager has already kind of spoken on this issue. But I guess let me clarify here. So <clears throat> as penance for your, uh, well, based on your record, your lifetime of complete uh, hedonistic, satanic, uh, secular debauchery, we're offering an opportunity to work off those debts by... Sending your spirits back, okay? And we're going to send them back. You're going, to, you're going to inhabit the body of somebody who already exists. Somebody who's living their life. And you're going to help them make their core innermost dreams come true. And by doing that, we're going to knock, we're going to knock years off of that sentence, boy. That, that eternity sentence, that's going to start melting before your very eyes. Eternity will never seem so short after you do this. I have you a question. Okay, yeah, go ahead. What's eternity minus one? <laughs> well, <clears throat> the thing is, uh, <clears throat> it's uh, <clears throat> it's less than you would think it would be. How's that sound? Well, I guess it's an improvement. Exactly. See, that's we're all about improvement here. We're about improving your spirit. <laughs> Still not okay? sure how this all works. Like I said, I can't read, so well, I guess I mean, I'll take you, your word for it. You're coming from. You're coming from the mortal realm. You're coming from where time means something, where there's life and death and all that kind of stuff. We're outside that. We're thinking big, big picture here. You understand? All so, right. We're going to knock some years off of that. We're going to bring you right down. We're going to get you to the place where you feel most comfortable. But all you got to do is you just got to inhabit these people's lives and you got to make their dreams come true, which I know sounds like a big task, especially coming from the mortal plane. But let me assure you, in the grand scheme of things, that's not a problem. Well, here's my only problem, as we all know, being from the mm -hmm. 1860s, is that the Factory Act was just passed in 1844, and this <laughs> okay. was created to help the working class. It reduced yes. working hours for children ages 9 to 13 and required six and a half hours per day of work with three hours of school. Women mm -hmm. and children over 13 could not work for more than 12 hours a day. Now, yes. being that I'm a man, I thought this would be more relevant for me, but uh, I just I just want to make sure that we're all very aware of the law. Yep, we are. Uh, trust me, heaven is all about laws. We're all about it. We understand. 
We get it. You don't want your kids working for 13 hours. We understand. It's fine. This is a heaven guarantee, by the way. You're never going to inhabit the body of a child. That's a, that's a promise. You can take that to the bank. You can cash it right now. It's never going to happen. What's that's the good, age of consent in we heaven? All... <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody's ageless here, so there's not really an age, right? So you're not as old as oh, you think so you are. Oh, so what you're telling you're... me is they're actually 400-year-old vampires? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what we're saying. Everybody here okay. is out, so far to, outside of the realm of... Your understanding, that doesn't even matter at that point. You understand what I'm saying? I just want to make sure we follow the Wagner Act, which was passed in July 5th, 1935. <laughs> All right, Mr. McCready, I'm going to stop you there. I'm well aware of the Wagner Act. That was passed in whatever year you just it said. Ad- it addresses relations between unions and employers in the private sector, and I just want to make yeah, sure it sure we're does. It sure board. does, Mr. McCready. It absolutely does, and no, one's, no one here is going to fight you on that one. But if I can get your signatures today, we can get you in a brand new body, a brand new life. All you got to do is make their dreams come true. Uh, some slight fine print, and I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't make you guys aware of this. If you're unable to make uh, you know, the person you inhabit's dreams come true, then we're going to have to tack on a little bit extra to your sentence. So, it, but eternity plus that shouldn't one. be a problem. Exactly, exactly, Mr. Swanson. Eternity plus one. All right. Does th- so, okay. So here's, here's your options as I see them. Both of you spend eternity in hell. Or both of you make some people's dreams come true. Reduce your sentence. What question? Spend less than eternity in hell. Okay, yeah. Go when ahead, I, Mr. Swanson. What, if, if we take the deal, we get sent back down to inhabit someone's body. What happens to that person's soul in the meantime? That's an excellent question. So how this works is, and we've, we've done some extensive testing on this. You will absorb their memories, the very core of their being, their understanding, how they perceive the world, what they want, what they don't want. Their uh, soul goes into what we call soul sleep. So they just kind of drift into, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we use... Purgatory is a strong term, I think. It's just kind of this nothingness existence. But you're the guiding force in their life. And as soon as their dreams accomplished, they come flooding back in and they reap all the rewards and they're super happy and you guys come right back here. What happens to their soul if uh, we screw up and uh, ruin their body or their dreams? So if you happen to do something that results in the death of this person... Their, their soul is processed just like an average soul would be. So it would be effectively their time of death would be when you occupy the body. So they will be judged fairly, I assure you, fairly. But they won't have that extra, um, that extra touch that you guys are, be able, are able to bring to their life. So It'll when you were reading my life story, I couldn't help but notice you seemed a little bit against the idea of shooting a child mm-hmm. so i yes. guess my question is how many children can i shoot before i start <laughs> getting my sentence added on because i feel like that's going to be very important for me to know mm-hmm. so the basic guiding principle here in heaven is if you even think about shooting a child uh that's eternity in hell <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that should should serve well enough i mean one is too many 
to be frank with you. Well, quite frankly, I feel like we should be exploring the legality of this uh, through the, the the transformation of American law circa 1780 through 1860. Now, look, <laughs> I'm not trying to get into the emergence of instrumental conception of law, but I would like to talk about the transformation and the conception of property, if you have a moment, before we talk talking about Mr. the McCready, triumph I'm gonna of contract. You, <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. I appreciate your zeal for the law. I really do. This is something that you could potentially use to your advantage, uh, helping these people achieve their dreams. How does that sound? Sounds like I'm about to be the next piece in the rise of legal formalism. Absolutely you are, uh, Mr. McCready. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Swanson, what, what are your thoughts at this point? Can I, can I count on you for a signature today? Well, I'm a simple man. I suppose anything's worth a try over eternity in hell. So, count me in. I see. I think that's very fair. If I was in your position, I'd be doing the exact Have same thing. Have you ever visited hell? Have uh, you seen it? You know, I haven't had the occasion to visit hell, but... I just want to know if it's as know, bad as they say it is. You know, from all reports I've heard, and again, this is secondhand information, Hell does sound like a pretty not good place to be. I'm just not going to be straight with you there, Mr. Swanson. Just it sounds like something you really wouldn't like, especially considering an eternity. That seems like a long time. And especially in those circumstances, that's some place you don't want to be. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, and if you think about eternity outside of like your mortal understanding of time and space, you know, there's, you can't really comprehend the amount of suffering you'll have to endure. You understand what I'm saying? I suppose. <laughs> All right. Very good. Okay. Well, if I can get you both to sign today, we'll get you some brand new bodies. We'll send you straight back to uh, the time, around the time. I can't promise you'll be at the exact time frame of when you passed away. But in the general vicinity, we'll get you some new bodies. I can even say you'll be together. You'll be able to recognize each other in that uh, outside of your uh, mortal coils. And uh, yeah, you just all you got to do is make some dreams come true. It's not a big deal. Can I count on your signatures today? Yes. All right. So sign here, Mr. Swanson. Hands you a quill and a very long legal document with very small text. Uh, well, I can't read anyways, so. <laughs> just I, make your mark wherever I, you I feel. I just scribble whatever I believe my name to be. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Very good, Mr. Swanson. Mr. McCready, how about yourself? Mr. Uh, Swanson seems so very eager to do this. He's, you know, he's, he'll be bound to you. You'll be best pals, I promise. You'll, you'll even have a friend that you never had before. You'll be in the, you're in the same boat. The life will be great. Well, I think I'd just like to take a quick look at that fine print. Okay. Fair. I have to roll something for what I understand about the printers. I want to roll some <laughs> dice. <laughs> All right. Roll. Uh, I guess roll a d20 uh, for intelligence. Well, just roll a d20. We, okay. we don't even have any stats yet. So. 18. <laughs> All right. So you're looking it over. It's pretty much exactly how St. Peter explained uh, it's in very strict legalese uh, you're not recognizing any like glaring loopholes or any misinformation that he's given you so far uh, it seems pretty airtight from your, your uh, understanding everything appears to be in order here I go ahead and I sign the document 
Mr. McCready, Mr. Swanson, I want to be the first to thank you. Thank you for signing your souls over to us. I promise you, this is going to be When you put it like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess to be fair, it doesn't really matter if you would or wouldn't because we're still kind of in charge of your souls, right? So, uh, we, you know, but this, this option, I think, works for a lot of people. I've got people raving to me all the time talking about this program. They're very satisfied with it. And I think you will be too. I have to so say this gonna... seems to be the best contract since the one between W.C. Panic and his former slaves specifying a new work, keeping them uh, working without being in a restrictive slave era law-held environment. That, that seems fair. That seems fair, Mr. McCready. I feel like a all freed right. man in Lincoln County right now. All right, Mr. Swanson, Mr. McCready, we're going to go ahead and we're going to send you straight back to Earth. All right, we're going to get you some new butt people to occupy, but and you've just got to make their dreams come true. You understand? <laughs> I, I, it literally sounded like you just said we're going to give you some new butt people. New butt people to occupy? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> new asses to occupy? Well, all right, all right. So, hit, hit that lever. And then he throws this magic switch that was next to the fax machine, and you feel your souls being sucked into... Uh, another person. realm, another place. Can we have beepers that outside. tell us, like going with the 90s heaven aesthetic, can we have beepers that tell us our mission? Like, <laughs> can we really lean into like like heaven is the 90s? Can we, like, uh, yeah, I'm all about it. it. Okay. Yeah, so Sick. you'll, you'll have a little it. pager. Yeah. You'll have a spiritual pager that only you can see. Uh, so let's go ahead. Okay. So as... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Some six oh, foot great, ten and twenty six pounds. <laughs> great, I get Ethiopian. to do another woman voice. <laughs> <laughs> the first Western Ethiopian. He's <laughs> <laughs> like just a string bean, is what he yeah. is. All right, so you, your souls are plummeting, free fall through the the void of time and space, and all of a sudden, everything goes black. Slowly. You feel a jostle, a sudden jostle. It wakes you from your slumber. You wake up. You're in the back of a uh, stagecoach. Looking out into the darkness around you. You seem to be in some western area. Some wet, It's familiar, but different from where you met your final <laughs> demise. But you're plodding along, and there you are, sir. So what are you what are you thinking? What are you doing? I'm uh, hungry. <laughs> what time of day did you say it was? Uh, nighttime. So it's it's dark out. You can see the the lights hanging off the side of the car or the stagecoach illuminate a little bit out past. There's like a ring of light around the stagecoach that you can see clearly, and everything beyond that is dark. You can see the stars and the moon, and outlines, dark outlines of passing trees and cactuses and bushes and all that. Well, I suppose hey, uh, you hey. out there. You you hear Swanson? Oh wait, yeah. Do we know each other's? Yeah, yeah we remember we, everything we from before, each other. right? Yeah, he said we could see each other for who we really are. Yeah, sorry, you you said Swanson. I got yeah, but then I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm still the same person from before. But we know we know our identities, right? Like, yeah, we don't yeah, have to yeah. figure that yep. out. We know everything about ourselves. Okay. We just like look at each other and we know, like, yep. <laughs> like we. I, I figure it's literally like sliders. Like we we see ourselves as ourselves, but everybody else sees us as who we are now. Right? Oh yeah, 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 you, yeah can, okay. you can see like the spirit outline of 
of who you recognize as McCready, but you also see the physical who's there currently, the okay. body. Yeah, 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 okay. Uh, I gotta figure out how the fuck I'm gonna do the voice, hang on. <laughs> Wait, what, your name was McCready, right? Yeah. I'm here, McCready. <laughs> that will right away. <laughs> right away, I noticed one thing. You mm -hmm. are a frizzy red-headed beauty. Well, I am, I am. And I am a strapping man in his 50s. You're skin and bones. <laughs> now, the way I see it, this should be the easiest lay I've ever had. <laughs> Are you saying this out loud? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Now, come on. If I had gotten into the woman body, I would do you a favor or two. I highly doubt that. I don't think you would. All right. I, I'm going to roll diplomacy speaking? for a little, for a little sneak, a squeaky sneaky. <laughs> okay. All right. So both of you roll a d20. <laughs> oh, God. And you, a 10. You, uh, uh, 13 I, I guess plus yours two. Would be, all right. All right. So you're, you, you, you see right through his, <laughs> his charms. I, uh, what I, you, I, really is. I take the bottle of whiskey I have in my inventory and I turn it around and I hold it by the neck and I like wield it at him. Okay. Oh, like you're going to smack him, but you're not, yeah, you didn't yeah. actually. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, you can you get keep... drunk first if you want to. It doesn't make a difference to me. <laughs> you keep your goddamn paws off me. <laughs> Just then, <laughs> you feel a vibration in your pants, both of you. <laughs> now Reaching this is down, more like it. Your spirit reaches down, not touching the, your corporeal body, but you pull out what is a magic pager or like a spirit pager or some shit. <laughs> And it says, the dream you have, your core dream. So if you look at the bottom of your character yep. sheet. Mm -hmm. I've already yep. seen mine. Yep. And that's, that is what you are here to do. That's what you're here to perform, what you're here to accomplish. Well, all right. Well, my dream is to assert control over the gangs holed up in the mining town. You know, the mining town. There's only one. Mm -hmm. My dream is to start a pro wrestling league and host an event for the citizens of Dusty River. And then, well, just then, you hear the stagecoach guy, Don't say Dusty River! Uh, yeah, that was me. Well, miss, we're, we're just about there. Just a little more patience, I'd, I'd beg of you, but we'll be there soon. I'm sorry it, that it's taken so long. You know, these old horses aren't as fast as they used to be. How long have we been in here? Oh, good six hours, I'd say, I'd reckon. We left is, before the sun went down behind the horizon, so... Is the mining town near Dusty River? Well, there is a mining town near Dusty River. Are there uh, gangs holed up over there? <laughs> Man, you are an insightful fellow. You've never been to Dusty River before, is that correct? <laughs> That's what you told That's me before true. you went on. I spend a lot of time reading since I obviously never eat. <laughs> all right well i mean that's kind of weird but uh yeah you're correct there is some uh as far as well just between you and me this whole place is a powder keg we got gangs occupying the the streets running the show 
they're like they're at each other's throats and you got the patterson mining company you got all the people against the patterson mining company then you got all over the people going out for their own self-interests as well and i i know all this because you know my cousin's the mayor of dusty river you know that right did i tell you that before i'm telling you right now my ma- my now. cousin well, is I know the it mayor now. Yeah, no, no. Congratulations on having a well-off cousin. Yeah, you know, I'm stuck here riding this fucking coach <laughs> back and forth between backwoods towns and my cousin, you know, running the show. Big fancy, big fancy Mayor Roosevelt just running the operation, and I'm, I'm here in a coach, and uh, do I get a, a penny handed to me every now and again? Nope, nope. I just, I just ride this here coach. You understand what I'm saying? I get it. I get it, my friend. Well, here's good news. I have a feeling that around March 29th, the British North American Act is going to receive royal assent, <laughs> forming the Dominion of Canada. It's going to be an event known as the Confederation. So look forward to that, my friend. I don't know what the hell you just said. What's, I saw Canada. What's the date once. today, mister? Uh, <laughs> it is January 30th, 8th. 1967. That's outstanding. Or something. We're going to be purchasing Alaska pretty soon, and also the Reconstruction Acts are coming down the pipeline, so it's a good time to be alive. You seem like a very learned gentleman, Mr. Mc- McMaster. Well, you know, we need, to start re- we need to start outlining the terms for readmission to representation of rebel states. That's what I always say. <laughs> That's a very interesting saying, sir. All right, well, we're pulling into Dusty River now. Uh, y'all been to Dusty River before? Uh, wait, no, you said you hadn't. Is that right? No, sir. Did I misremember? All right. Well, there's a, you know, so I'm assuming you don't have any kinfolk in this here town. Just each other. All right. Well, I you're related. Not. Okay. Well, anyway. Uh, a few options here. You know, if you got the extra cash, you can stay at uh, you can stay at the Frontier Inn. Uh, Granny Hall will get you set up there. You can stay there for the night or however many nights you need to until you find some work and get a place of your own. And I'm sure that uh, Rodriguez Construction can get you all squared away with whatever housing needs you need. Is there anything else you're, you're curious about that you want to know about the town? I'm pretty familiar, you know, my cousin being the mayor and everything. Hmm. Thanks. Good luck living in the shadow of your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, you know, if you ever need a ride anywhere, just hit up Carrying Co. Coaches. It's right behind the 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 frontier inn. And you can hit us up anytime. We'll take you where you need to go. All right. You understand what I'm saying? We got you. Okay then. Well, good night. Uh, I see you don't have any trunks, so I won't help you carry nothing. So the uh, stagecoach driver opens the doors, leads you out of his stagecoach into the night. You can see Dusty River in nighttime full swing. Uh, Lots of activity. Not many people on the streets, but you can hear the hopping uh, happenings inside the saloon, which is right across the street from the Frontier Inn. And uh, there's a lot going on. So what do you do? What are you? Where are you going? What are you? What are you thinking? I want to hit up the saloon. 
All right. And uh, McMaster? I'll, I'll go with him. All right. So, one sec. It's better off. if we stick together. For now. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, as you approach, you're crossing the, the dusty streets of Main Street across in Dusty River, and you see O'Sullivan's Saloon. I don't it's like It's got them emerald Irish. siding. It's swinging doors. As you approach the swinging doors, ragtime piano music swells. Inside the smoky bar room, three tables sit like wooden islands. The long bar top stretches the length of the interior. Several taps stick out from its top. A large staircase leads to some rooms upstairs, and a sign can be seen advertising hourly rates. At the back sits the piano and its player, happily hammering away at the keys. Drunken shouting and cavorting masks the finer intricacies of the playing. Behind the bar, Jan O'Sullivan rushes to refill mugs with amber-colored beer and professionally slings them down to open hands. Immediately as you walk in, you are stopped by an enormous bulky man who gestures towards a sign. Check guns here. Next to the sign are wooden pegs on the wall, almost all of which carry draped gun belts and rifle slings. You gotta give me your guns there, partner. I hand over my sawed-off and my shotgun shells. Very good. And uh, you, miss. Uh, I'm unarmed. You're unarmed? You sure about that? Uh, well, yes, sir. Unless you can't I'd be happy here. to pat her down if you need me to. <laughs> Unless you count these here brass knuckles. <laughs> I don't count brass knuckles. Brass knuckles ain't a gun. All right, very well. Well, you all have a good time now, you hear? You hear? You hear? (laughs) All right. So you're in the saloon. A bunch of rowdy drunkenness. People are getting slammered. And they're just having a good old time. Now, I have an idea of how we can both accomplish our goals on this one if you just indulge me. I'm listening. I want to. I need to assert control over the gangs hold up in the mining town. You need to start a pro wrestling league. Now, here's what I'm thinking. We start your league right here, right now, by taking bets on a fight between two drunken gentlemen. We start running the racket, and eventually, over time, they'll be uh, all the gangs will be coming to us to run the game on these wrestling matches for the league that you've established. So we make it crooked from the start. As you're talking. A very, very drunk gentleman wanders up to you, and then he st- starts reaching towards Miss Patricia, Patricia Zander, saying, Ain't you a beauty? I will get me a handful. <laughs> well, you, is he like a strong looking dude? Like, is he like, does he look strong? Yeah, He's just like up. an average looking drunk dude. All right. Well, hey there, sir. You look like you're ready to join the WWF, which is. Wesker, Western Whiskey Fighting League. Wait, Western, I'm just here trying to get my dick wet here, sir. <laughs> and then he hey. proceeds to keep reaching for Patricia. All right, do I need to like, uh, is there like a react or something to try to swat his hand away? Yeah, you can, uh, you can do a, <laughs> a swiftness I check. I go swiftness. to block the hand and by, by squeezing, by squeezing the titty first, but like I do it like. Like, oh, like a yeah. so you want to beat him to He's the punch? To cop a so like, right, so like, right. I, so like, like if you can picture it, like it's, it's like I pretend like I'm just trying to block it, but like I take a squeezy. 
All right. So you also roll a swiftness check, and we'll we'll see who shakes out as the fastest. Okay. Uh, I rolled a seven. All right. And you I rolled an your eight minus two, modifier. so I got a six. <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, Ms. Xander swi- swats away the incoming drunk hand, and also narrowly ducks the in the hand of Mr. McMaster, <laughs> trying to cop a feel. Uh, sloppily, and it's noticeable. Like she uh, uh, notices that this is occurring. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, wait, hang on. I'm trying to read my skills. Oh, I got charm. I got no wits though at all. <laughs> all right. All right. Listen here, sugar. And I, I kind of do a 180 and step towards him and put my arm around his shoulder so I'm like side by side with him now. Okay, you're doing the side hug thing? Yep. Well, not side, like arm around his shoulder like uh, I'm gonna like and and I'm gesturing with my other hand like I'm gonna point. But I want to take a look at the room first, okay? I want to see I want to like size up some of the people in the room. Alright. So in that case, roll a perception. <laughs> okay, how how about four minus two? So two? <laughs> two. You look around, you see a bunch of people, there's a lot of noise. You can't really focus on any one person, especially <laughs> considering you have a person right next to you, you're putting uh-huh. your arm around, so it's very distracting. So you don't really notice anything outside of there's many people in this saloon. Okay. How drunk does this guy seem? Uh why don't you roll another perception? Okay. To determine exactly how drunk this man is. That is uh, 15 total. Okay, this man is three sheets of the wind. He's obviously had many drinks. He's been here for a while. He's uh, His clothing is very... It's fitting loosely upon his body like he's going to melt out of it any second. Yep. Okay. All right, so I, I point at Gordon. Gordon Hotshot McMaster, none other. And I say, (laughs) Sugar, if you can beat him in a fight right now, you can cop all the feel you want. Well, he says, hollering and throwing his arms above his head. You ready to go, son? Yes, as long as it is very clear that this is the first ever match of the WWF, the Western Whiskey Fighting League. Well, absolutely. I'll say, what, I'll say whatever you want. I'm just gonna kick your ass, and I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna bed this fine lady. You understand? And I'll, and, and, I'll well, bet seven dollars cash on myself, and I hold it up in front of the whole bar. Yeah, I was seven dollars cash that I can win this fight. You swinging money in the air gets the attention of everybody else. They kind of start looking. There's a uh, impromptu circle starts forming. And <laughs> does uh, the music stop? <laughs> the the ragtime stops and he over, he's he's <laughs> peeking over his shoulder. There's a record scratch inexplicably. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody and then everybody starts hooting and hollering. Hell yeah, we got a fight on our hands. Hell yeah. Anyone else see- got a bet? Behind the bar, Jan O'Sullivan, who's used to this sort of thing, just kind of rolls her eyes and continues to wipe down the bar. <laughs> and all of a sudden, as soon as you announce that, does anybody else got a bet? Money starts flying in. People change. It's changing hands. That people are making bets on who's going to win, and it's it ends up in two strangers' hands that are holding it till the fight is done, and then they'll disperse it. So. 
Uh, they clear out a section of the bar that everybody's pushing tables and chairs out of the way. There's an open floor now, and standing in the middle is Gordon Hotshot McMaster. Oh, wait! And some drunk guy. <laughs> wait, hang on. I... I'm trying to look at the skills. What what's the skill if I I want to try to slip San, or, uh, uh, Gordon my brass knuckles? Okay, uh, that would be that would be. I mean, have we have we decided the rules? Are you sure you can't just hand them to me? I don't know. I I would assume well, that in like a in a that bar sounds like fight something we setting, need to ask the white man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. I, it, it, I would assume it would be frowned upon, but I guess I don't know. Yeah, so I guess I guess for like honor code situation, the assumption is that nobody's using anything besides their bare fists in this okay. case. Okay. Uh you can attempt to slip your brass knuckles with the well, okay, we'll say wait, there's got to be another. I thought steel maybe. That's kind of close. It's like similar. Yeah, so steel, steel slide of hand. Yeah, yeah, we'll do steel. We'll do steel. Okay. This is a, Am I a rolling or is it just system, him? everybody? Uh, it's just uh, it's just uh, um, Patricia. Okay, honey, you can call me Blondie. Blondie. <laughs> oh my God, Nat twenty, unironically. Ooh. All right, so you you walk up to him, you pat him on the back, and you you're like doing the fake massage thing, to like get him all hyped up, <laughs> slapping his shoulders yeah. and stuff. But deftly, you reach into your pocket, slip out your brass knuckles, slide them into his pocket. No problem at all. And then you actually guide his hand to the brass knuckles <laughs> so he's aware that they're in his pocket. Uh-huh. And uh, it's up to you, Gordon. Are you going to put the brass knuckles on? Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, there we go. <clears throat> okay. So now the fight's going to begin. I wonder if Peter would approve of this. <laughs> You're making dreams come true. So that's, that's all. I, mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I think that, that the assignment was made very clear. <laughs> I should have asked Peter... What made these people special? Why they were eligible to get their dreams? We'll probably get to talk to Peter <laughs> Over again. Other people. Yeah, probably. I'm sure the Pedro will buzz. At some point, we'll again. get to we'll get to log into America Online. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, okay. So, God at AOL. Uh, McMaster, roll a draw check. This will determine Ooh. initiative. Sure. All right. <laughs> a two. Okay. So, drunk man goes first. Oops. Come on now. All You're right, dead. <laughs> You're dead. He takes a swing at you. He rolls a three and a three, which is a standard non-vital hit. Oh, actually, you have you get to roll for a block. So in okay. that case, you roll a 1d6. Okay. Oh, I dropped the dice. A four. Okay, so you block his attack. Cool. Now it is your turn. To take a um, swing. I noticed that there's a ladder from where they were hanging up a uh, a sign, and mm-hmm. I climb up the ladder, and I kind of flex <laughs> a little bit. Oh, you're gonna do and, an elbow drop on yep, this bad boy. I tap my elbow, <laughs> and I go, "This is how we do things in the WWE, baby." <laughs> and I leap off, and I do. I the thought elbow. it was the WWF. <laughs> oh, that's right, the WWF. <laughs> Can't keep track right. of my own jokes. Uh, so what do I right, roll? So, uh, so you're going to roll a 2d6. The first one's going to be your brawn, which is the strength you put behind the attack. And the impact is the second roll, which is 
uh, what kind of contact it makes. A five for the first. Mm-hmm. And a four for the second. Okay. So, in that case, and you have brass knuckles on. So that's three damage. Okay. So you hit the... You, you jump off the ladder. The elbow lands square in his face. He's knocked back. <laughs> ooh, ah, ooh. <laughs> Blood squirts from his nose, and he's like, ah, ah. And now it's his turn. Take a swing at you. Does he get disadvantage since he's bleeding from his face? Because that would block some of his vision. It's from his nose. So. Oh, sure. Uh, all right. So he's getting to swing at you. All right. So why don't you roll a block, and we'll see okay. if this uh, works. Three, right in the middle. All right. So once again, you definitely block the drunk man's incoming punch. Bounce it off, and now it's your turn to make things happen after the elbow drop to his mouth. All right, I uh, I walk over and I pick up the a bar stool that nobody's <laughs> sitting in. All right, and I hold so it you, up, and okay. I, like I'm I'm playing to the crowd, and I'm like, eh, should I? Should I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, boo, boo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like I uh, I like pretend to put it down, but then I and then I pick it back up, and then I I swing to break it over his back. Okay. So, uh, yep, same thing. Roll the two hits. Yep. Uh, three for the first number. Oh, man, a one for the second. Okay. So he's going to roll to see if he can block that. All right. So he sees the chair coming. He ducks out of the way. The chair goes sailing across the room, breaks against the wall, and then everybody starts cheering. Yeah! <laughs> and now he takes a swing. He winds up, and he has a lot of mustard behind this punch, and he swings, but he's so drunk, he just misses. He whiffs completely. He misses your head. You, di you dip out of the way. And now it's your turn again. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I have a, a pickaxe on me. And so oh, my God. Right now, I, no, 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 no. I thought about going murder hobo, but this won't be fun if I okay, just go okay, murder okay, hobo okay. all the time. Uh, I'm so I've just now decided that my WWF character is the gold digger. <laughs> and so I hold up and I say, "There's gold in them there hills." And I point, I point at his ass, and uh, I, I I act like I'm going to you know stab him with it, but then I like wave it off as just kidding. And instead, I turn it around and I uh, I just go to like baseball bat like the back of his head with the the back of the pickaxe. All right. Cheers erupt, and you swing for your two three or your two rolls. Uh, three for my first, and uh, four for my second. All right. He sees the pickaxe coming, and he deflects it. And he manages to to dodge, taking the brunt of your your pickaxe uh, strike against his head. And now it's his turn. All right, so you've got a five coming at you, so roll a block and see what happens. A two. All right, so he hits with a uh, very strong, a hard hit targeting vital. I, well, I guess it's a hard vital hit based on the, uh, the cheat sheet, so let's calculate that real quick. So three damage he hits. He hits it right in the ribs Ugh, okay. with a strong punch. 
so <laughs> so uh McCready like has like a very short temper like I'm building his character like he obviously clearly wanted to be a lawyer, but he couldn't get into law school. <laughs> like that's the yeah. key part of his thing, and a big part of that is because, like, whenever he'd get into a legal discussion and he'd start to lose, he would just like go way off the handle. To throw so, hands. So yeah, so even though like I was trying to like play this up as things, now I'm just like pissed off. So now I actually take a real swing at his temple with the sharp end of the pickaxe. Oh my god! <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, all right. Yeah, let's see what happens here. So go ahead and roll your two. Okay. Uh, five. All right. Oh no! So you're putting and a lot of strength five. behind it. Two. Oh my god! Oh okay. my god! Oh, Let's no. see if he can even block this. He doesn't block it. Oh no! So uh, let's see how much damage that does. Pickaxe. Uh. All right. So he he takes the sharp end of the pickaxe into the shoulder as you swing it. It stabs him. <laughs> oh, it's obviously a, a very strong deep hit, and it digs in. Everybody's cheering like, ah, blood, yeah, hell yeah. And this guy's, he's still drunk, so he doesn't really feel it entirely, but it's its its done some damage to him. He's not looking super great. He's bleeding out of his shoulder. Um, so realizing that the crowd's getting off on it, like at first, like, uh, McCree's like, ooh, oh no, I've let my rage get away with me again. But now I'm looking around and now I'm thinking that everybody's really into like, it. Yeah, 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 I yeah. really like this. I really like this pro wrestling. <laughs> All right, so now he 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 grabs the the hilt of the pickaxe, shoves it out of his neck, and it slides out with this disgusting slurp noise. And there's just blood spatters against the wall. And now he's gonna take another swipe at you. Oh my god, he's so weakened. He he swings with like barely any effort. He doesn't even come close to contact with you. He completely misses. And now it's your turn again. So I uh, I do the thing where I like cut my ear and I like. Play to the crowd like, should I? Should I finish him? Should I? <laughs> All right. The thumbs up, thumbs down. The crowd's down. roaring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I now proudly show off my brass knuckles now that I know that they like it the more that I cheat. You're like holding it for your face like, yep. oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and like, I'm like, I'm like licking them and I'm like sniffing them. And I'm like really playing it up to the crowd. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So you're going to take a swing? Yeah, I, I'm gonna like try to like straight up like tackle this guy and just just beat him in, into submission. Like that's like all right. Let's the see theatricality uh, of it. So let's roll two d six and see what you can do here. Uh, nat six. Not even kidding. I'll take a picture of it if you want to. <laughs> okay, and the second a five. Dang, good rolls. All right, so so you dive at this guy, brass knuckles in hand. Everybody's going wild. You tackle him to the ground and you start just pummeling this guy's face in. Just beat the <laughs> shit out of this guy. Now, He's I mean, I'm not trying to kill him. I'm not trying. I just want to be clear. Okay. I'm not like. All right. So you're choosing to knock out this guy, basically. Yeah, I, I want to knock him out. Like I'm not. Okay. So as you jump on this drunk man, you punch him as hard as you can, square in his face. He's knocked unconscious. There's blood leaking out on the floor from the shoulder wound for the pickaxe. He is out. He's done. Everybody erupts in this massive applause and cheer, and they're just so hyped. There's money My changing hero. hands. And- and then some gentleman walks up to you, pats you on the back, is like, here's your share of the purse. And you get $15. Nice. Damn. And I say, now that's a good amount of credit that's due. And then I look at the camera and I go, 
due west. And that's how we'll <laughs> finish out the yeah. first episode. <laughs> All right. Now that's our time. That's our time for today. And we'll pick up right after the WWF bar fight. Uh, next time on Due West. So you have that to Excellent. look forward to. Thank you for listening. As always, if you appreciate this, tell a friend. And we'll see you next time on Due West. Thank you. See you. Bye. All right.